Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Um, I need to warn you that if my voice sounds a little, a little raw, I'm not sick. I'm taking a, an allergy pill that makes my voice seem just a little bit raw. And so it's like I'm having a mini allergic reaction every morning. It's great. Oh, <laughs> uh, prayers are welcome. I just had a thought today, actually. I might start taking them before I go to bed. You know, that way when I wake up, I can sound like Barry White. <laughs> All right. Um, a few years ago, I was at my dentist's place, and I didn't realize how much the gospel had really infused my way of thinking until my dentist told me, Paul... You have been brushing your teeth incorrectly and your gums are damaged and receding. And I said, oh, they'll get better, right? She said, no, they won't get better. You've got to brush differently to prevent any further harm, but they'll never be the same. And I thought, haven't you ever heard of grace? Right? We always get a second chance. Well, not at the dentist, you don't, right? But the beautiful thing that even when we hear messages of woe, when Jeremiah is is telling people, turn or you're going to be destroyed, there's grace in that. And And God says to Jeremiah, can I not do what this potter has done? Like he can remake something, and I can remake something in you. There's good news in that. And I think it's important for us to actually to pause and to, to look at this imagery of the potter and the clay and how that relates to our Creator and us and what we are to be doing in this world. So let's, let's take a closer look. So the word, um, the word of God came to Jeremiah. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. So with the Bible, we often get these like crazy ways that God speaks, like in a burning bush. Or if you look at Ezekiel, there's this big moving throne with wheels turning in wheels, and it's... It's so overpowering, it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I find it so comforting that, that God also speaks through ordinary, everyday kind of things. And in Jeremiah's day, what was the most common thing was to see someone making pottery because they used it for everything. They even used broken pottery to teach people how to read and write. But it was the most common thing. It's kind of like God coming to us and saying, all right, I have a message for you, and I want you to go watch somebody type on a keyboard. And as they type, I will speak to you. It's that kind of common day, everyday kind of thing that God is going to speak. That's something important for us to remember. If we're not careful, we can give in, we can give in to the lie that God is far away. This is called deism, right? There is a God, we believe there's a God, but he basically made a, 
made the earth to run on its own, and then he removed himself. And that is a lie. But it's something we often believe. I've heard our Bishop David say that we are functioning atheists. Yes, we believe that there's a God, but we don't really believe it in our everyday actions. Especially given the Holy Spirit filling us. Where's the problem, though? Is that we don't take time to learn to listen. We don't take time to silence the noise in our lives so we can expectantly see God turn up and speak in ways. I think I shared with you a story uh, a few years ago when I went to uh, the monastery up in Rogersville and there was this crazy bird. It was a woodpecker and it was pecking the branch at different areas, right? And I stopped and pondered this thing and God spoke, not literally, but it's just like, you know, there are different angles to look at things and don't be afraid to try different ways and, and be af- don't be afraid to fail. Keep trying. Um, God can speak if we give him space to speak. And if we live expectantly, trusting that God loves us and dotes on us. Um, <laughs> one of the things I love with the imagery of the potter, I don't know if you've ever watched someone make uh, pots, pottery from clay, but they're bent right over it. And it's like they're loving this thing into being. And God's hands, like look how dirty those hands are of this potter. God's not far away, remote and clean, squeaky clean somewhere away. He's got his hands dirty, loving attention, pouring his attention into us, into me. We need to remember that. Especially when things get hard. We need to remember that God doesn't leave us or forsake us. So go to the potter's shed and be expectant for God to speak. Um, <laughs> World's Furniture put up a post on, uh, I'm putting a shameless plug in for your dad. How do you like that? World's Furniture put a, pl- uh, a post up on Facebook this week, and it was a sad post. They, they took a picture of their moving truck, and they said earlier this week the Cadillac converter was stolen from this truck, and then a few days later it's put graffiti's been put on it. And they qu- asked the question, what is happening to this city? And I think what we see happening in the city is that we're, we're experiencing community breakdown. We rarely know the names of our neighbors, let alone how we can help them or have a relationship with them. We're seeing people who, instead of having a community of support to turn to in times of pain, they turn to substances. And we know nothing about it until they're already addicted. Because it becomes obvious, right? What is happening to the city? I think we're experiencing the effects of, of community breakdown. And that isn't to say, oh, the, the end is near. That is a call to action. To get to know our neighbors. To see how we can be a support to them. How we can share life with them. And at the core of it is, what is our relationship with God like? Because we have a purpose as human beings which is to reflect the character of God to the world around us. The same care, the same compassion, compassion, the same love. That's what we're called to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
what we see in this image here, God asks the question, can I not do with you, Israel, what the potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. The first lie that that we need to expose is that God is far away. The second one is that it's all about me. That I am the center of the universe, that I control my destiny. We love that lie. (laughs) But it's not true. It's not true. And when we have that fundamental relationship with God off the center, nothing can be really made. Can I not do as this potter did with with this clay? Can I not remake you when you go awry? And this is where I feel like, I don't know if watching the potter, it's very peaceful. It's almost mesmerizing as, as they shape the clay. But the message here is pretty scary. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted and torn down and destroyed, and if that nation I have warned repents of its evil, if they turn away from it and turn back to me, then I will not inflict on them the disaster I had planned. But if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Are we living in a life of repentance, of constantly turning to God? Or are we insisting on going our own way? I love this verse from Ecclesiastes because I think one of the things that we're, we're missing in our, in our society right now is humility. But there's this uh, verse from... Ecclesiastes 5, 2. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Let us listen to what God is saying to us that we might walk in obedience. And so God is intimately involved and humans are not central, but we're vital. God intended to work in and through us to accomplish his will on this earth. I was uh, listening, I think I I talked about this before, I was listening to the CBC and they were talking about stoicism. Like Spock? You know? Any trackies here? Okay, Leonard Nimoy, okay. Yeah. Stoicism is a philosophy, it's a way of life where you basically say you can't control the good that comes, you can't control the bad that comes. The most we can do is to avoid spreading more instability in the world. So whatever it's good, we're like quietly grateful. And if it's bad, we grin and bear it and we get through it. But we don't make waves. And I was listening to this whole stoic philosophy thing and I'm like yeah 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 and then I read a book by N.T. Wright about uh, God and the pandemic and he said listen Christians we can't be stoics about this because there's more for us to do we are called to respond to the hand of God we are called to lament when things are lamentable grievous to participate in that prayer of God's broken heart for the world 
and we are called to actually respond in faith to live out his kingdom and what we are called to do to make this world more like heaven on earth. Stoicism is tempting, but we're called to actually feel and to grieve with the heart of God and to hope with the heart of Jesus as God works to renew this earth. He then gives the warning to Judah and Jerusalem and he says, I am bringing destruction on you. But he says, repent, turn around. And what he just promised is, if you repent and return to me, this can be avoided. I forgave my dentist for giving me the truth. <laughs> that my gums were damaged and there's nothing I could do about it. And I've repented in that I've mostly brushed properly when I'm not too tired. The message of God here in Jeremiah is one of grace and hope. That we may not be central to the grand scheme of things, but we are called to respond to God who is intimately involved with our lives. And we are called to actually respond in such a way that we live lives of repentance fixated on God so that our healthy relationship with Him will spill out into our relationship with our neighbors. And so God's kingdom may be extended. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for this image of You as the potter and we as the clay. And Lord, I pray that You would give us grace by Your Holy Spirit that we would be responsive to your touch and obedient to your will so that we can be used by you to share your grace and your love and your healing with the world around us that so desperately needs it. Please be glorified in your church that the world may come to know you and glorify you as well. In Jesus' name do we pray. Amen.